This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom and welcome to Sunday's Live with Rabbi Yom Tov. I'm Rabbi Yom Tov and welcome to our amazing course. Hope you'll subscribe. Uh, we're doing it um, oftentimes when we start a new month, we'll do a free session. And today's our free session. Starting a new month called Self Health which is a really cool title, in my opinion. It's a play off the word self-help. But we're talking specifically about health this week. And um, and the whole point of... Uh, the whole point of, of health is... is that our bodies are our temple... The body is your temple. It's your, it's your, the way that you house your soul. And for those of us who are part of the very observant community, unfortunately, the body is often seen as more of a hindrance to the soul. You know, it's often taught, for example, that you know that you got the Yetzer. Which is the Nishoma Lokis, and then you got the Yetzaharu, which is the Nishoma, the the Nefesh Bahamis, which is easy to wind up thinking that your body's like the enemy. When exactly the opposite's true, you better make friends with your body or, <laughs> or your soul is going to really have a hard time here. And so there's got to be some kind of synthesis between body and soul in order to uh, in order to be well. start with our um, first song. Today will be a unique song for our session because today we're discussing the, um, we're discussing identity. And the healthiest you ever were was when you were about two years old. And that's what we call in the possible you, the beautiful child. And it was really your healthiest time of your whole life. And if you think about two-year-olds, Two-year-olds are are the most alive. Like when it comes to health, I mean, two-year-olds you could go, you could have a two-year-old as long as he or she doesn't get into too much trouble, not visit a doctor the whole year. I find two two-year-old toddlers all the time that don't need to eat, they don't need to drink, they don't need to sleep. Now you got to get them eating, and you got to get them uh, drinking, and you got to get them sleeping, but. But they just kind of, they, they don't even go to sleep, really. They pass out at, when they hit utter exhaustion. You know, they pass out. So so we all have this, we all have this part of us, what is the beautiful child within us. And that beautiful child inside of us is is our, our real essence. And that is the, that is the goal, you know, to get to your, to get to the essence. So this song's called Find Your Way Back Home. And um, uh, some of you might remember it from a meditation we did in The Possible You. Uh, 
for those who are at the possible you. And uh, anyway, but this this week is uh, a chance also to subscribe to um, to this session that we'll be having this month, and even to create an ongoing subscription. Pretty sure ongoing subscribers get um, ongoing subscribers get a get all the. I can't. I mean, don't hold me to this, but at this point, all the all the webinars which people are buying at uh, 150 bucks a pop. So you, you'd wind up with like, I don't know how many, six webinars, something like that. So, um, so take this, take this session as an uh, intro to having a subscription on this amazing ongoing journey. Also, if those use with WhatsApp, um, I've created a WhatsApp uh, line that I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be recording daily blogs on just to keep people in tune. So it might be something you want to check out. Um, you can send me a message to send you the link to that. I don't know how else to do it, except I was given a link by my secretary. Okay, here we go. meditate to this as well. Mute your phone if you can. meditation of finding your way back home is about getting back to the essence of the beautiful child in you back to the beginning of it all when 
you were full of health and vitality and energy, where your soul and body were really one. There was no war, there was no conflict between body and soul. You were one, and the proof is how much health and energy you had. sent here by your maker go find your maker you were sent here by your maker go find your maker get in touch with the heartbeat of that beautiful child find your way back home again my bright and precious soul Find your way back home again My bright and precious soul Find your way Find your way Find your way Back home Find your way Find your way Find your way Back So we're going to be taking a very deep approach to health. And the reason we're going to be taking such a deep approach to health is, is really because I found myself to be pretty healthy and I've been taking deep approach to life. And uh, so, you know, I've been at it for many, many years, taking a, you know, a much deeper approach to things in general and, it's had a great, great effect on my life. You know, David Amelech says, says, Od yinavum beseva deshenim ananim yu. Regarding tzaddikim, he says, Od yinavum beseva, they're going to be fresh in their old age. Fresh. Deshenim ananim yu. They're going to be fresh. So I know people much younger than me who are much older than me. And I often, you know, just now I was in the, on the East Coast in the tri-state area running seminars. And there were several people much younger than me who would easily win the older than me, you know, award. <laughs> and the, so I've been taking this, you know, intense approach to, to things. And, and it's lent, uh, first of all, I, I was able to heal my digestive system in my um in in my seminar work but more than that just many other many other um 
many other things, many other parts of my life have healed as a result. And I even have, uh, I even have uh, my arteries are the arteries of an 18 year old. I wound up in an accidental nuclear MRI, which means nuclear dye was put in my heart, in my bloodstream. And I was put in an MRI and the, the top nuclear cardiologist in Israel was, you know, was the doctor. And, and he said, um, he said that he could guess the age of a person within two years. And he, and he managed to, you know, he just couldn't figure out why my, why my file wasn't, um, you know, he just kept changing the file because he couldn't understand how I was in my 50s because he said, I have 18-year-old arteries. And I just want to mention also that I take a very lenient approach to diet, exercise, all those things. I'm, I'm super liberal with that stuff. I'm, when it comes to diet, when it comes to exercise and all, all those things that people wind up joining programs for. You know, I have a very liberal approach to that. And we'll be getting in that into my, my actual health plan um, in the third session uh, where we'll get into the details of the health plan. But it's, um, I think I'm uniquely qualified uh, to lead people into getting to their health. I'd like to start for all of us, though, everyone present here, I'd like you all to commit to this. Like, let's get committed on this. Get, I want you to get committed. Now, I can't, I can't make you commit to, for those of you who haven't subscribed to this month's webinar, um, or maybe it's, maybe it's worth it. You know, you'll spend, a, you're going to spend a hell of a lot more than 150 bucks on food this month. And uh, maybe, maybe you'll think twice about what you buy this month or maybe you'll you'll buy $150 less of of uh of not expend not um food that's not promoting life but the uh but I'd like everyone to commit at least those who are definitely doing the month to commit that we're going to work this together like fully which means if there's homework assignments if there's plans if there's anything we're doing we're going all the way this isn't like this isn't like entertainment Okay, we're not doing an entertainment month. Um, let's go all in and really create our health. Um, it's a big mitzvah to do this. You know, God was expecting you to live a long life and a full life. Um, you know, everyone has their everyone has their day that they're going to meet their maker, but but you could easily make it earlier. I mean, stop looking both ways when you cross the street or, you know, eat unhealthfully. You know, you can make it, you can make it much earlier. Don't get any exercise. That'll definitely quicken things. So, so you can make it quicker, but you can also make it um, last till the appointed day. I go to the, I go to visit in hospitals a lot and I find all kinds of people that are way too young to be in there. And you know, and I can I can just imagine like getting to um, getting upstairs, and God's like, "What are you doing here? What do you mean? I died." You know, and God's like, "Yeah, you died. you died a little early there." You know, and 
And a lot of this, a lot of this has to do with our game um, mentally and emotionally, which we're not going to be working that much on. Today, we'll be working on it a bit. But um, this month, we're going to be more dedicated to our actual physical health. Um, Today, we'll discuss it a bit, the emotional side. But the but that's also a big part of it is, uh, you know, I believe the majority of my health I'm creating by having myself in a good mental game and a good emotional game. And also, like, think how much better you eat when you hold of yourself versus someone who sees themselves as a dumpster, you know. So when, if I see myself as a dumpster, well, I'm, I'm going to be dumping, dumping in every, anything I can find. Which uh, segues us nicely into today's session. So, so what we're discussing now. So our first point was was commitment. Let's all get in fully in that we're going to make a concerted effort. That we're going to end this month. We're starting it now, and we're going to end this month uh, the December seminars on health um, with a real way of interacting with with the world in such that our health is constantly being being supported and that's 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 what we're going for okay that we're coming into this 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 month's seminar committed for that now let's go into um to our game so what what's the deal deals like this really on the deepest level you're nobody yeah, no offense for calling you nobody, but you're really, you're really nobody. And <laughs> who are you calling nobody? So, so the answer is, is that I'm calling you nobody because, because Hashem really, his job was the neshama. Hey, his job was the neshama. Hashem put in the neshama. Your parents, yeah, they partnered up about your body, but Hashem was who put you in, like the actual you that's experiencing this. Yeah, that was from Hashem. And that's not anybody. I mean, it has, there's, there's four things that come with it. Um, the first thing that comes is nobody. Like I'm just, I'm just pure presence. That's who I am. So that's, that's really nobody. That's a lack of identity. The second level is, is personality. Is that every, that's why you'll notice, you know, ask any hater Rebbe, if the if the three year olds or the four year olds, if there's any two alike, they'll tell you there's no two alike. But now I ask a Rebbe of the twelve year olds who are all getting their hats and their bar mitzvahs that year, ask him if there are any if any of them are different, and he'll say no, they're all the same. They're self amputating. Okay, hey Yosef Klein, I'm, I'm in the house. You'd really get along with Shlomo Freeman, by the way. The two of you forget about it. Um, so Yosef's in Muncie. He's a marketer. Shlemy's in uh, Lakewood real estate. So, so the, um, anyway, the, um, so shots like this is, is that you have a natural personality, meaning every, there's no three-year-olds where two are alike and there's no 13-year-olds where two are different. And, and which means that, that you have a natural personality. So first is your nobody. That's the identity crisis, which I'm here to create for the world. Number two is that you are that beautiful personality of your child. And number three, by the way, I just got, my child needs to go bike riding into the mountains. 
Um, but I've been reluctant since I broke my leg. But my brother, I was on the phone with him for about an hour today, and he convinced me to get back on, back in the saddle. So I'll be, as soon as my doctor says yes, I'll be heading out riding. And by the way, for those of you who think I'm irresponsible, don't forget that I f- broke my leg when I was stopped. I mean, I was, I was literally stop, stopping the bike. I was less than one mile per hour, and I tipped over, and my leg wound up wrapped into the frame of the bike and snapped. So, so it was not while riding. Anyway, the, um, uh, by the way, I found out how it happened because it's happened a few times. Things like this is that fighter pilots have the same exact syndrome is when you're in in the intensity. So there's all kinds of chemical reactions your body makes when you're in intense sports or intense action, any type of emergency. Um, we're, we're riding, you know, we're right between order and chaos coming down these mountains. Because, uh, you know, micro adjustments with our brakes. So you're so on. But what happens is the body now loses all its its um, alertness for the action when you come to a rest. And, and so the lesson is, is if you ever do intensive sports or you're involved in anything intense, you know, be careful walking down a flight of stairs, which you normally don't have to pay attention to. But you do after intensive stuff because your body goes into this kind of uh, empty mode for its normal protective uh, abilities. So the first level is your nobody. The second level is your natural personality. The third level, we'll be focusing on the nobody today. The third level is your koichus and nefesh. Okay, because every person has a, has specific skill sets that are God-given. And uh, and for those who have worked with me more deeply, know I'm talking about the ten spheros. So it either means flow or structure, or for those unique individuals who are managerial types, are right in the middle of the two. And then there's, um, and then there is, uh, and then there's either one, two, or three: intellectuals, interpersonals, or instinctuals, physical people. Um, by the way, on that subject, I just got a, an email this morning. Uh, very sad email. <laughs> Listen to this: this guy is gonna, He's going to move from. Borough Park to the Amish in Pennsylvania to go live with the Amish. Why? Because his son, his he has a son who's an instinctual, which is 40, 45% of men, by the way. He has a son who's an instinctual. 45% of men are instinctual and 45% are interpersonal and about 10% are intellectual. And so he had a, but, but class instinctuals don't belong in classrooms. So what's basically happened is he has been convinced totally that he's a dunce, that he's a total idiot and he's getting, he's little. So he's getting bullied when really he's just a physical guy. So his father's plan was to move the family to the Amish people in India, in uh, India, in uh, Pennsylvania to, um, to learn how to farm cows, dairy, make a dairy farm so that he can go private dairy farm and teach his son how to milk cows and how to take care of cows so that the son will, you know, be able to get his life back together. So I sent him an email saying that there was no such thing as schools for thousands of years. It was in answer to the Jewish people who were the maskilim that we made these classrooms no one got school after after you were 12 years old you were done unless you were some kind of crazy illui you know you were otherwise you were done then and um how many how many jewish kids have been left to feel like they're like they're a goy this kid's only 13 he's already finding e-cigarettes and you know 
you know, lighters and, you know, the kid's on his way out for no reason at all. And especially in Judaism, which is like full of mitzvahs, you know, and the instinctual people love sukkahs, you know, they love to, they should love to fill in. Like, like intellectual people don't get a lot of kicks out of strapping themselves down with leather. Yeah. It's the instinctual people like tying themselves up. Yeah. So, so it's like Judaism's built for instinctuals, instinctual types, but we've, we've turned Judaism into a, a classroom situation where you're, if you don't do well, you're a goy. And then the fourth level of is that you can really be anybody. And that's the possible work that we, we did those who were in the possible. So let's go on back to the first level. And the first level is you're nobody. Now, nobody's really scary. If you think about it to be nobody, like people are, people are scared to death to be nobody. And how many of you are willing to just let go of everything you know about yourself and just be nobody? And the funny thing is, is like you, you'd be so scared like to be nobody, but really what happens is you feel joy. Think about the times that you've been so awed that you were awed right out of your identity. Um, I don't know if you've been to the Swiss Alps and been awed by that. I don't know if you've been to the jungles of the planet and been awed by that. But, but you'll notice whenever you're in awe, there's no more you, you know, you're, you're completely out. And when you're out, you're suddenly joy. So it's like, it's really funny. We're scared of being nobody when in fact our greatest joy is when we're nobody. And did you know that in the temple times, things were so vibrationally powerful that you were, you had total bitalayesh. Like you, there was, there was total loss of any sense of identity. When you came to Yerushalayim, you were, you were just like they said, you, we bowed with space. There was like, so you turn off my heat here. I got a new space heater, but now I'm boiling. We bowed with space amongst us. What is that supposed to mean? We bowed with space. If we stood cramped, how can we bow with space? So pshat is, is that when you, what does it mean you're bowing? It means you're letting go of ego. You're, you're tr- becoming like the carpet. You're like, you're just flat. You're like the midbar. You're just the desert. And suddenly there's space. When the ego's gone, there's suddenly lots of space. And so, and that's where the joy is. And that was simcha saregel. You know, that was the great simcha was the loss of, the loss of ego. That took place in Yerushalayim. And you want to know something, Lavdil? Same exact thing, thing. Same exact thing is going on in rock concerts that secular kids are going to. You know, they're going to these like super intense concerts where the sound system's just amazing and, and the beat and the rhythm. And there's 30,000 kids there, you know, and they're just, it's just crazy intense. And there's a rhythm to it. And guess what? The whole, all 30,000 people are literally moving vibrationally to the music. And they have lost all sense of self after a half hour, 45 minutes of a several hour concert. They've lost all sense of self. And they are part of something much bigger than themselves. They become completely um, into a state of Devekas, even though it's Devekas to nothing because it's a rock concert. And they, but they, they have this, they have this amazing, excuse me, this amazing euphoria. Euphoria is a fancy word for uh, ecstasy. And they can't wait to get back. 
They just want to do it again and again and again. And they do it. They go again and again and again. They can't stop going to these concerts just to have this feeling of no one, of being no one in that situation. So I, I think Hasidim also get a kick out of this as well. Um, I know these days most Hasidic people are not uh, are not able to do that. But but you know the I, I don't know if you've ever been uh, Yossi you ever been uh, jealous of a Hanyakish guy at the Tish? Never, right? <laughs> I ask my kids all the time because we dive in Pins Carlin, which means we're walking by these super Hanyakish Meisharim Nicks. And I said to my son the other day, I said, while we're walking through, I said, you ever jealous of these people? And you look at the, look at the simple life they have and the, and the, the peace on their face and the Shabbos Kodesh. And these are like the poorest people you've ever met. And they're all dressed in the most amazing, you know, like 10 kids all in the same outfit, you know, and, uh, and the, you know, the women, there's no makeup, but they all look like they're, they all look like they're 16 years old, even though they've got about 10 kids and they're just, they're just, they're living on the farm in Pennsylvania, basically. Oh, by the way, I gave this guy such tochacha, this guy trying to move to the Amish. You know, I was like, I was like, by the way, he's found from community, like right near the Amish. He was planning on living with them, like tiny little community of people and send his kids to wherever to school. Um, he doesn't want to become Amish. If I, I hope that was clear. This guy's, a, you know, he's a real upstanding member of the from community. Um, so, so he uh, anyway. But I gave him such tochacha because, like, you want to know something? Can, can I tell you something, Cheski? The um, you know, the American from world is nuts when someone would choose to go to the Amish than just simply go to Eretz Yisrael and bring his family to a, a kibbutz, a frum kibbutz with a dairy farm. It's like, no, we're going to, we're going to move to the Amish. Like, you know, it's like, we're in Eretz Yisrael. We're just like, hi, like, you know, option here. It's like, it never even dawned on him. So I gave him, in my advice to him, I gave him a good paragraph of tochacha on the subject. Um, Anyway, but but that would be the no-brainer move, unless of course they, you know, they have aging parents or I don't know what. Okay, back to us. So, so we're cleaving on to a sense of self that is capable. And now I'd like all of you to take a moment deep inside and ask yourself: With my sense of self, what am I capable of as far as harming my own health? Again, with my sense of self, what do I mean by that? Because your sense of self is the sense of self that's capable of eating certain things that, and certain amounts of things and certain times of eating that kind of stuff. And um, you're the kind of person that's capable of, of, um, of sl- weird sleep patterns and stuff like that. Um, dangerous driving habits, perhaps. Um, unless you race cars, I raced cars. That's why I love North Lake, North, North Lake drive. I forget the name of that road, but, uh, I don't know if I told you guys, but I took two of the, I took two of the Bachrim on a, showed him what racing looks like. I don't know why I did it. I normally won't do that with passengers in my car, but it was so late at night that I decided that I could take them safely, you know, at around 65 miles per hour on North Lake drive. 
but the um but seriously what are you capable of doing how many pieces of pizza can you woof down late mozi shabbos and wake up shabbos wake up um sunday as if your insides have been glued together like that cheese on those pizzas is that's not cheese that's glue okay and you might feel your sinuses kind of glued the next day as well and um you know because the you know dairy brings up a lot of uh a lot of um, mucus you know it gets your mucus membranes going nuts and and um so the question is who are you that's capable of all that who is who is that who is that human garbage can you know that's that's willing to do that and who is it that passes up exercise who is it that knows he should be doing sit-ups but doesn't do sit-ups cuz cuz think about it your 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 body all your connective tissues is not supposed to bear weight and let me make this real clear here everybody your connective tissues are not to be bearing weight what does that mean connective tissues so that's your bones your ligaments all the stuff inside your body that connects things is not to bear weight. What bears weight? Muscles. God filled your body. body. Your body's packed with muscles. And all those muscles are supposed to be the weight-bearing muscles. They're the ones that hold the weight. So, for example, um, a lot of people will wind up with low back issues because, because they're using their vertebrae. You know how sensitive your vertebrae are? You have 18 vertebrae. Each one has a little disc inside, a little soft shock absorber. And you got to take good care of those discs. They got to last you your lifetime. And and everybody knows, you know, serious back pain and you're, you're everything's it's game over with serious back pain. And you're, you're, you are out when you have serious back pain. And, and so you got to protect those vertebrae. Well, how do you protect vertebrae? The answer is you build a cage around your vertebrae. A cage? What kind of cage? The answer is a cage of muscles. You create a cage for them. You have a, your whole back is lined with muscles. There's different exercises that build those muscles. And your whole stomach is lined with muscles. And that way your whole low back never bears weight. Because the, the back was never meant to bear weight. There's not an animal on the planet that has its back, has its spine bearing weight. Spines aren't supposed to bear weight. Spines are supposed to run your brain. You realize that your spinal cord's your brain. It's part of the brain. And we have our brain lining our spine. And you, you don't want to mess with that. You know, you know the main headquarter of your brain, God put a, like a big helmet around it called a skull. You know, you're, you already got, we always have a helmet on. We just, the question is, do you wear a helmet on the helmet? But the spine is part of your brain. And every level where those thin shock absorbers are is where the nerves come out to innervate your, your muscles and innervate your limbs and innervate your feeling, your sensitivities of your, your fingers, your arms, your legs, your, your, uh, you know, your genitalia. Your whole body is lined with nerves that come out of the brain, which is in your spine. So you need, you need good space between each of those vertebrae. You can't mess with those shock absorbers. But if you let your back, if you let your spine bear the weight, so then it's going to ultimately, eventually wear out. 
and then collapse onto those nerves. And, and, and sadly, so many people who, who wind up having to get a spacer put in, which is called a spinal fusion, which is good, you know, $80,000 plus to get a spinal fusion, unless you got an insurance company that would pay for it. Um, but you, you basically have, have the, the spine, um, if it gets fused in that area. So, and then it's the whole recovery. It's a huge deal, a huge deal to get a spinal fusion, to put space back in. And then, and then what happens? They usually have to get another almost inevitably. Why? Because this, it's the same guy. It's the same identity guy that, that lost his spacers is the same kind of guy who's going to lose another spacer. And by the way, the susceptibility of losing another space is much higher after fusion because now there's more weight being put because that, that spot's now locked together. Fusion, it was fused. So whatever level that is, let's say it's you know an L3, L4, lower three and four, if those get fused, that means there's no flexibility there, which is putting more, um, more omis. How do you say omis in English? Huh? More um, <laughs> omis. We're just saying omis. More omis on the on the vertebrae above and below it, which which leads to a much greater chance. More weight. More weight. You'd say yeah. There's more weight being bared on that spot, and and thank you, Shlaima. And the and so it goes, so the, but the whole body is like this. The whole body is built with muscles or your ligaments are going to take, or your ligaments are going to take it. Now, the, um, so, so that's our question for today is who are you? Who are you? Who's the, who's that person willing to deal with that? Who's that person who sabotages his or her own health. Who is that person? And so I'd like you actually to answer that question right now. Who is that person? So since a lot of you are just on phones, we're going to let you guys answer because we have no idea who you are. Everyone else has a name. So we have all the, there's 845-845-732-347-347. 845-347-347. Okay, we got the East Coast, that's for sure. 100% East Coast. So um, um, please, uh, someone un- unmute yourself from the uh, telephone-ins and get real honest with all of us and please say, who, who is it? Who is it that allows his or her health to be compromised? Yeah, go ahead. 732, just unmuted. Who is that person? We're listening. Hello. Sorry. Is it myself, me? Yeah, who is that person who's willing to um, sabotage her her own well-being, her own health? Oh, if that was your answer, myself. So, yeah, yeah um, I don't know who this is, when, and I want to keep it that way. But um, did you ever do the possible you? Yes. So if you recall, um, what I'm really saying is more, what would be the inner negative belief of someone who would do that? Oh. 
Meaning, who are you that does that? Rejected, maybe? So rejected is, uh, it, it's pretty darn close. It's under the category of rejection. And uh, so, but maybe the word a reject. You understand, it's, it has to be an I am statement. Because oh. we're asking, who are you? So it'd be a I am. So I can't say I am a rejected, but you could say I am a reject. But is that really what you're saying inside? I'm a reject? Because that, that, if I were a reject, I certainly would not be taking good care of myself. Maybe Understand unworthy. Room? Okay, unworthy. All right, excellent. Anyone else uh, from, thank you very much. You can remute. We really appreciate you um, sharing yourself. Uh, I'll give a little clap on my screen for, for sharing. Um, we have reactions on our screen, so I put some clapping on this on my window. Now the um, oh, I forgot to highlight my screen. That's very important. For uh, uh, maybe that's not right. Let me try that again. Uh, remove spotlight. What did I want? I wanted to pin my video. That way, it shows up better for the people who get the subscription. Okay. Now, the um, uh, anyone else from our, yeah, someone else unmuted, 845, who, who are you that, uh, that would allow your health to be compromised? Go ahead. Um, basically, um, undeserving. Excellent. Excellent. Undeserving. So right. I feel like I don't deserve to even exist. Exactly. Like, don't, don't, exerve, don't deserve to exist, so why would you ever maintain your health? Right, and the weird thing is that I'm so into health and I'm trying. It's like like you say that you want love and then you sabotage it yourself. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. keep on wanting love and I keep on doing, I keep on wanting health and I keep on doing all different kinds of things to keep my, you know, to become healthier and then I just sabotage it myself. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you keep doing that, and please God, this uh, we're going to break through it here. And the and it, it's not a pushed thing, by the way. I I know a lot of people who are, um, I know a lot of people really holding by, um, possible you work, for example, and uh, and they're really, but I mean really holding, like they're coaches of the seminar, but they have not yet adopted the health, the daily health, um, um. You know, like they, they just haven't gone there with it to their health. Can you imagine that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Ruben, you see how you could like totally have your game totally down, but still have the habits of the past. And I, I literally have coaches for the seminar who are, um, I'll tell you the truth. It's hard. So I, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's a little hard for me sometimes to present them as coaches because, uh, because why haven't you, why haven't you implemented all your work? Like if you're coaching this seminar, that means you're, you're in tip top shape emotionally. So why haven't you implemented this work in your physical life? And they would, they would just say, I just never, never did just never, never applied it. But in my opinion, that's just like compartmentalizing. Why would you put why would you put your health in a separate compartment than your relationships? Meaning their relationships are cracking. They're all like full on amazing. 
but they're um, but they just haven't applied it there. Um, I want to just on that subject. I just want to talk about Emma's for a second. The um, the, the, it's very easy to, to let's say, Torah Zemis, yeah? So it's very easy to say Torah Zemis, but I don't need to brush my teeth. Or Torah Zemis, I don't need deodorant. <laughs> Torah Zemis, I, uh, I, I don't need good eating habits. Torah Zemis, you know, but I, I don't have to eat right. You know, as long as it's kosher, Torah Zemis. So like, you know, as long as the animal was shechted properly and the meat was salted, so you know, hell's bells. I'm just going to eat everything. And, um, and it's, I want to get this clear, everybody. If Torah's Emmis, meaning, sorry, if Emmis is Emmis, meaning if there's something called Emmis and that's, that's a value. If there's something called Emmis and it's a value and it's, it's high up on Jacob's ladder here, you know, on the, meaning the value hierarchy that every human being is always, you know, we're always interfacing with value hierarchies. Like even right now, you've, oh, you've chosen this session over whatever else you're doing, you know, and if you're on the road, so it's particularly great because you get to go do something, whatever you're going to do. And at the same time, we got Moishi and Shloima on their way somewhere. And um, unless you're parked and, but we, we, this has somehow hit your value hierarchy and it's of higher value than something else you could be doing. And the and so everything hits human value hierarchy. Um, on a side note, just in case you're wondering who the left wing atheist millennials are, um, who are now going to be in office in uh, you know in the U.S. is they conveniently remove God from the top of the ladder. You know they move him from the top hierarchy. Now that's 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 extremely detrimental. If you take God off the top of the hierarchy, that means that there's no more real hierarchy. It's just whatever pleases you, and 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 then we force everybody to to respect whatever you know some random person chooses that we suddenly now have to respect, even though it might go directly against nature itself. Like for example, saying a man's a woman or a woman's a man, and uh, and so they've just basically removed God from the top of the ladder. And then there's the, the conservatives, the Republicans who keep God at the top. Now, that value hierarchy is because God, God created our world that we would all be meaning-making machines. And we would seek the greater meaning. What would bring me greater meaning? Well, the answer is, well, what's more valuable? So I'm searching for value. And, and I... And I want to get the highest value on the top and I want the lower values down below. And I want to work with the law of economy that I'll trade lesser values to get higher values. And the emis is whenever emis is whenever I'm going for the higher value. That's emis. But you can't put on one, you can't compartmentalize and put on one shelf, you know, put in a box one thing and say like, for example, Torah Zemis, and now I'm just going to put that in there. And now I keep kosher. And so my life's Emmis. Emmis has to be through and through. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.